Hi, this is Brian Landau, and you're listening to The Drip, a podcast about how to caffeinate your campaigns. Today, I'm joined by Kim Infanti. Kim is the executive director of digital engagement within the Office of Alumni Engagement at Syracuse University. In this episode, we talk about lessons learned as a journalist using Twitter to source story ideas, what channels and strategies are working best in alumni development, and how to measure ROI beyond fundraising. Kim Infanti works in the Office of Alumni Engagement at Syracuse University as Executive Director of Digital Engagement. She started her career as a television news reporter and recognized early on that social media is a critical tool for journalists. She now leads Syracuse University's efforts to use digital tools to keep alumni connected to their alma mater. She was named one of the top 40 young professionals working in advancement in 2019 and has spoken about her work at conferences from Atlanta to Australia. Kim, thanks so much for being with me today. I really appreciate it. Brian, I was chatting yesterday with someone thinking back on our first year at Syracuse was 20 years ago. Started from the bottom. Now we're here on a podcast together uh, and I'm excited. Thank you for having me on. I I was not going to age us, but it's true. We have known each other for an awfully long time and it's been a joy and a pleasure to watch your career. And we're going to talk about this because I actually think, you, you know, where you started in broadcast journalism, working as an on-air talent and leveraging social media is a super fascinating place to start this conversation uh, as we talk now about your role at Syracuse University. So let's go back in time. We just graduated from college. I won't date us, but you know, Twitter sort of just emerged, right? It, it was at that moment where social media uh, really became prevalent beyond college campuses. You were one of the first journalists to use social as a way to source ideas and engage with people within the community. Can you go back in time and talk about what that experience was like? Obviously, Twitter looks a lot different today than it did, you know, 15, 16 years ago. But what did you learn there? And have you applied any of those lessons to your job today? Absolutely. Uh, I can't even tell you how critical Twitter was for my career. And that was I want to say I joined in 08 or 09, probably 09. And, um, you know, for a journalist, it's always a struggle to uncover story ideas, to uncover sources, to see what the community is talking about. And so, you know, we had Facebook in college. Uh, We didn't have Instagram, that's for sure. And then Twitter emerged right after. And so for me, it was a way to, I remember I made a connection with the superintendent of a local district through Twitter. And he would DM me different story ideas. And that was just our easy way of communicating. It wasn't texting. It wasn't picking up the phone to call his office. It was a, hey, did you see this? And I really used it as a way to also share my stories out with the greater community, what I was working on when I got to a scene, sharing a picture. And it was a huge tool. And initially our news director was like, what are you doing? Why are you even on this? And eventually I was able to show him like, this is, this is, like what's coming. This is where people are going to be. This is where our audience is going to be. Um, So let's pay attention to it. And I think for me, I was thinking about this as we prepared when I was at the news station, we always thought about our our typical viewer. It was Lucy in Liverpool. Lucy was a young mom who was, you know, interested in the things that her kids would be interested in. And so for me, I would think about like, what are people talking about on social that, that Lucy would care about? And for me now, as I do my career at Syracuse University, it's, you know, who's Sarah the Syracuse grad and what does she care about? Or Brian, the one who graduated from Syracuse University, like what's interesting to him? And um, and that's kind of how I craft what I do 
here at the university. I, I, you know, even though Twitter is a disaster right now, I, uh, I can't imagine my life without it. Twitter. And now of course we've got Instagram as a huge tool for us. And I know we'll get into that later. Yeah. So let's talk about the remit now. I, I think most people who listen to this podcast sort of understand notionally what the office of alumni engagement is and what they do, but what exactly is your remit there? Like what does digital engagement within an alumni department mean? And How do you define your day-to-day work? So I have a colleague who works directly with me doing the digital engagement strategy for alumni engagement. And we were both watching separately the men's soccer team last night. Shameless plug that Syracuse men's soccer is now national champion soccer team. So we're watching. And right after the game ended, Chris went on to Twitter. I went on to Facebook. We posted immediately our reaction to becoming national champions and created community around that. Created a, it really feels good to be orange. I'm so proud to be orange from the alumni accounts. And so many alumni, I'm watching from, I'm the, yeah, go Syracuse. That kind of engagement is huge for us to know that alumni, no matter where they are in the world, are able to come together around a shared sense of community. Uh, and then this morning I posted just a funny little image on Twitter, you know, that feeling when you're walking into work or hopping on Zoom. And yeah, I did go to Syracuse University. And for me, that's so much about creating community. So that's digital engagement. Um, I will say that during the pandemic, digital engagement was about the only alumni engagement we had. And we were about to celebrate a 150th birthday of Syracuse University on March 24th, 2020, with all kinds of in-person events. And you know what didn't happen? Any in-person events for our birthday. And so we only had social media and people came to us to celebrate 150 years of our alma mater. And that, I think, is really when people started to look at our team, not as the people who just tweet, but the people who really have a way of engaging alumni that can't be done in other forms. And the last thing I'll say about this is that during the pandemic, we saw that 40% of the alumni who were attending our in her, our virtual programs had never done anything with Syracuse before. They had never gone to an in-person program, but they were raising their hands and saying, I do want to be engaged with Syracuse. I don't want to come out to a floofy cocktail hour. I want to engage in a way that's convenient for me from my home virtually. Uh, and that's a big part of digital engagement. This cohort of people who weren't showing up to things in person, but now are raising their hands to participate on a Zoom or some sort of yep. other type of digital access point. You know, what were they opting into necessarily? Like what was this? Were you able to measure what were spurring them to this next action step? Because I do think that alumni engage or disengage for a whole host of reasons. And it's personal. And while it's incredibly exciting that the soccer team won a national championship, that's not something that you can necessarily anticipate and write into an editorial calendar. So what were the the threads that you're able to pull to get 40% of people who are otherwise not engaged with the community at large and then opt in? I think it changed as the pandemic went on. I think it was some, for some, it was unique experiences that they could only get because they went to Syracuse University. And I remember it was like April of uh, 2020 and they did a watch party with all of the men's basketball uh, team from 2003, watching some of the national championship or the the basketball games uh, in April of 2020. Or I, I even think was basketball cans man i cannot remember the last two and a half years brian of this pandemic living but they all sat together and i want to say they watched the april 2003 game on zoom with their mics open and kind of gave feedback about and even carmelo anthony joined 
that was cool. Like that was an experience where alumni felt like they were in Mello's living room while he was on lockdown with all the rest of us hearing his perspective on winning that national championship game. And so, you know, we did one where it was uh, pizza making with an alum in New York City and we had an alumna from Italy join this virtual pizza making class because again, it felt like that shared sense of community. And that I think is what marketing, comms, digital, like that's what it's all about, giving people a reason to join, you know, to, to give an example, I'm a member of the East Side Moms group of Syracuse, right? So I live on the East Side. I'm a member of this group on Facebook. That's a community for me. That's where I go on to see what other moms are talking about. What are they getting day daycare providers for Christmas? Um, and so that's what I try to create for Syracuse University alumni as well, whether it's on LinkedIn, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on Facebook, that feeling of community, even if you haven't been able to get back to campus for 15, 20, 10, however many years. Alumni work feels fascinating and complicated to me because you have alumni who are local and alumni who are regional. You have international alumni, you have young alumni, you have older alumni, you have alumni who only care about sports, you have alumni who don't care at all about sports and they care about pizza making, for example. How do you prioritize these content strategies for a large block of people that have really distinct interests from one another? Yeah, that is a that is a million dollar question. That is a uh, I don't know that I have completely solved the how to make everybody happy, but uh, we look at what they're telling us. We survey alumni after events and see how the different events landed, whether it was something we should do more of. Um, we definitely you know, we have folks on the team who are focused on young alumni. We have folks who are focused on international engagement. We have a really, really strong um connection with our students because we know that one day students are going to become alumni. So we really look at what resonates and, and we ask, like we did a massive alumni survey in 2019 and we ask alumni, why don't you come back to our homecoming weekend? What would encourage you to get out and do more, you know, alumni club programming? And I think, you know, as I think about making this relevant to people who care about marketing and comms in general, I think if we forget about our audience, we are absolutely not doing our jobs. And so often I hear from some of our leadership, and this is not to be critical, but this is a, I have this message that I need to get out. And I have this message that I need to get out. And I find myself asking like, what about the audience? Like, why, why are they caring? Like back to that Sarah and Syracuse example, like Lucy and Liverpool from TV. Why does this audience care about this message? And so often we're doing these random acts of email, I call them, or random acts of, of social or tweets or this or that. And it's like all of these messages when instead we could bring it all together in a way that the audience actually cares about, like consider the audience of the different messages that are going out. And that's kind of the way I approach all of our work. I'm not going to target a, you know, a brand new grad who just got out in 2022 with a how to change careers or how to, you know, become a manager at your sales company. Because you know what, they're, they're 22 years old, like they're not maybe not ready for that career change yet, or they're not ready for that next step in, in management. But for someone who's 15 years out, maybe that's the time. Or I'm not going to ask you to come back, Brian, for a huge raging weekend on campus where you're coming for all these things that are geared towards adults and 21 plus when there's children that you might want to bring back. And so what are the family-friendly activities that we're looking at for those who are 15, 20, 25 years out? Um, and I think if you approach with that audience first mentality, you can't go wrong. 
what are some of the channels of communication that seem to be most impactful for you? I mean, we've spoken a lot about Twitter, Instagram, yep. I imagine, right? Big channel for you, LinkedIn, maybe a different cohort on LinkedIn, a different strategy there than yeah. Reels, right? What What are you leveraging and what are some of the experiences and key findings that you've had there? So Twitter is good around shared experiences of community. Otherwise, Twitter is actually really, really gone down for us, where I used Twitter years ago, and I was so proud of this concept. Um, back when I was at Career Services, developed a Twitter handle called at Working Orange, where alumni took control of the Twitter handle. They tweeted a day in the life of their jobs. Fellow alumni students could ask questions. I do not think you would find a student now, maybe our journalism students, but most students, they are not on Twitter. So that's not a strategy that we're using um, as often. It does well when everyone's kind of on and watching and all eyes are on soccer or all eyes are on football or whatever else. But other than that, it's not a huge focus for us. Instagram stories has been ginormous. Um, that's a real word. So Instagram stories, when I'm able to share an event and you can do the swipe up or you've got the link, um, we've seen a tremendous amount of activity from alumni who are just going through their stories and responding to events when we've posted them in stories. I think generally the concept is, well, let's just send an email about this. Let's just send an email about this. And you know what? I don't know about your email, Brian, but mine is a hot mess of retailers trying to sell me everything under the sun. And if I'm trying to get my message through as Syracuse University and this hot mess of retailers trying to sell me everything under the sun, it's not going to fall on the ears that we want it to fall on. But is it a paid social strategy utilizing Facebook, which is a whole other can of worms. And I feel like I'm constantly an imposter when it comes to Facebook ads and, and trying to learn what in God's name we should be doing and who we should be targeting and how much money we should be spending and how we should be doing those buys. For us, I think the most effective technology that we've used is texting alumni. And we found it to be extraordinarily effective uh, when it comes to event registrations, because as I just mentioned, in that ginormous mess of emails, those event registration emails aren't necessarily coming through. But I guarantee that if you had a text right now on your phone, you would take a peek or you would look at your Apple Watch to see who texted. And so we're, we found a lot of success in the last minute sign up to events where alumni are getting these text messages and being like, oh yeah, I didn't see that email. I will sign up for that event. So um, texting is big. LinkedIn is good on the, you know, finding pride points and connecting with alumni and seeing what their jobs are. Twitter is fine, but texting is something that we've really got to figure out because I don't want texting to become email. I don't want Brian to as I'm sure I, you don't want to admit it, but when the phone rings and it's Syracuse and they're asking for a gift, maybe it's not the first phone call that you answer. I don't want that to become the case with email and then with texting as well, whether you see it's a where you see it's a text from Syracuse and you're like, ignore or you, you know, worse yet, ask to unsubscribe. Don't want to get to that point. So I want to be very careful about how we're using text messaging. And the last thing I'll say is that I also think when it comes to alumni engagement or marketing and comms in general, we have to give and not always expect to receive. What are we giving to our audience? What's the cutout for a Syracuse-themed gingerbread house? Our Cornell colleagues do this unbelievably well, where they give you all kinds of things. They text you links, they email you links. They give things that alumni will care about so that it's not always an ask. I don't want to be seen as all Syracuse University does is ask me for money, because you know what? We don't. 
like we yes asking for money is definitely part of what Syracuse University does but I want you to feel like Syracuse adds value to your life Syracuse gives you you know an auto coloring page that you can do with your children Syracuse gives you a networking program that will take you to the next level in your career Syracuse offers you connections that you wouldn't have had you not gone to Syracuse University and I think if we can continue to illustrate that the reward will come well, I'll get you out on this question. I want to stay on this theme, though, of what does ROI look like for you in this role? Because it feels obvious that fundraising would be a very, to use some jargon, bottom funnel outcome, right? You Like you want people to give, but creating community is ROI and creating value for alumni is ROI, but harder to measure than just a dollar amount, right? How do you think about this ROI question connected to your work? So uh, what I love about the campaign that we're in right now, so we're in a fundraising campaign. It's got three goals. There were dollars raised, fundraising, a number of unique donors, fundraising, but also number of alumni who are connected and engaged with Syracuse University. So when we started this campaign, we had 9% of alumni connected with Syracuse University. How did we measure that? We assigned point values to all different kinds of engagement activities. Brian's a volunteer. Brian does admission interviews. Brian gave a gift here. Brian uh, likes us on Facebook. Brian has commented a certain number of times. And so when we assign those point values, we got a number that told us 9% of alumni were engaged. Now we're at 18.1% of alumni who have shown meaningful engagement with Syracuse University. They're attending events, they're volunteering for programs. That is ROI for us. That's being able to show the programming that we're doing is moving the needle. These people who maybe were a zero when this campaign started, now they've either made a gift or they've gone to an event. They've volunteered for a program, they've you know, liked us. I love that Facebook engagement is part of our engagement score. We're able to see who's engaging with us. And that's big for me that I don't feel like we're just like putting things out there in the world on Facebook and hoping that they'll resonate. I can measure likes and comments and be able to give credit to alumni for that. Um, and if that's what takes them over the edge to make them meaningfully engaged, then that shows that I'm doing my job well uh, in marketing and comms. So the engagement score really shows us what we're doing. And I love that we're not just measuring unique donors. We're not just measuring dollars in the door, but we're measuring engagement and giving is a huge part of it. But there's a lot of ways that alumni want to be engaged. And it depends at what stage of their life that they're at. I'm joined today by Kim Infanti, a wonderful, great friend for a long time. I will not age us anymore on this podcast. <laughs> and, in my, and, and we've known each other for a long time. It won't surprise you to hear that I my inbox is at zero at all times. I'm at inbox zero. Unlike you, it sounds like. Yeah, I'm at inbox. Uh, I will. I will tell you what my Gmail uh, inbox is right now, and you can be absolutely appalled. Eight thousand eight hundred and eight is Gmail, but my Syracuse inbox is at zero. Okay, so well, all that's those good. retailer, so all those retailer emails. I'm sorry, eight thousand eight hundred twenty-five. It changes. Kim, thank you for all your wisdom today. I really appreciate it. You bet, Brian. Great to chat.